We are Living by the Word Ministries, a nonprofit organization dedicated to one cause. That cause is the truth given in the Holy Bible, which we believe is the inerrant and infallible Word of God, conferred to man to live by. We let the Word of God be the final authority as to what is or is not true. We strongly feel that if we do not expose false doctrine, we only encourage it. This ministry is designed to challenge you from an apologetic point of view. 1 Peter 3.15 instructs us to always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. This is Michael Tinsley. Please stay tuned while we arm you, the believer, to keep living by the word. It's the noble thing to do. Well, 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 yes, indeed, it is a noble thing to do to keep living by the word. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Living by the Word Ministries presentation of the Bible Information Brokers. This is a live presentation, and we're going to get this broadcast started with a word of prayer. Brian, if you would be so kind. Thank you so much, Daryl. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you for this uh, opportunity to share your word, to give answers uh, for, for faith in, uh, in Jesus Christ. And, Lord, we just ask that you bless this program tonight. Lord, I just uh, I lift up Daryl, Cray, Jared, Rick, myself, Lord. Lord, we just pray that. You know, we just can just die to self and uh, just be open to your words and to your spirit. Lord, we just, uh, again, thank you so, so much. Lord, I just pray a blessing on this prog- program. Lord, I just pray for those that are calling in. I pray for those that are uh, listening. Lord, I just pray that the uh, those that have questions aren't hesitant uh, about calling in with their questions, Lord, because that's that's what we've been doing for 25-plus years. That's the ministry that you have called us to, and so we thank you. And, Lord, all that we do, again, with this program and everything associated with it, uh, we give it to you, and we thank you so, so much for it. Lord, as always, I thank you for your grace, your mercy, your kindness, your love. Uh, just just who you are and uh, what you've done for us as uh, as believers. And, and we just thank you, Lord. Uh, again, we just lift this show up to you. We May you be, uh, may you get all the praise, the glory, and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Brian, thank you very much, my brother. Ladies and gentlemen, the listening audience that you are, you're the teammates that's going to make this broadcast go, being a live presentation. Question and answers. Eric is ready to receive your phone calls. So if you would be one of the first to call in, take the opportunity to call in. If we gave you some priority from the last few weeks that you weren't able to get on, please take an opportunity to call in. Eric will set you up at 888-995-KKLA. That's 888-995-KKLA, numerically translated, 888 888- 8-8-8-9-9-5-5-5-5-2. That's 888-995-5552. Craig might say it this way. Telephonically, you can join us by way of calling Eric right now. Everybody else, if you have Internet, you're on Internet in various ways, well, here's our formats. Facebook, hide out there in Facebook land. Uh, email, our website address, tweeting us or even messengering us. All those formats are very simple. It's Bible Info Brokers. Bible Info Brokers for Facebook, email, tweet, or messenger us questions. Please take an opportunity to be uh, use those formats, get your question in and answered. 
If you happen to be on Facebook, please, please, please be so kind as to share. Click that little arrow going to the right, that share button. Let the people know in your contact list the thousands of friends you have on Facebook that you're listening to a live presentation of the Bible Information Brokers, and they can get their questions asked and answered, or they can kind of listen in and kind of understand what the program is all about, and maybe futuristically they can ask those questions, and we want to give a biblical response. So please take an opportunity to do that right now, 888 to call Eric right now. Everything else is Bible Info Brokers. Email, Facebook, tweet, or messenger at Bible Info Brokers. Now, you heard Brian pray us in. My name is Daryl Easy D. Fulton. And without further ado, the other teammate I want to introduce is Professor Craig Hawkins, who I still call affectionately PCH. And we have a lot of exciting news to tell you about some exciting things that's happening in the ministry and with the ministries that we support. So we'll be telling you about those during the broadcast. So please, please, please don't forget to share with thousands of people that you have in your contact list so that they can join us on this live presentation. Now, guys, without further ado, you want to go to the phones first? Brian, do you have an email for us or a Facebook question? Or you want to go right to the phones first? Well, I don't have my computer with me today, well, we'll and I don't know what's going on. Uh, I'm, I'm going on my phone to go to the uh, to the uh, Facebook page and not there yet. So. Okay, well, what do you do? What did, you, do did you introduce the professor? Absolutely did. See, that's that's fast talking right there. PCH, oh. how are you doing, sir? <laughs> Absolutely. You did not. You mentioned me. You never Well, oh, man, just, as soon as I say your name, that's your cue to come on. And how you doing, brothers? <laughs> how you doing, PCH? Hey, I'm telephonically, God wants I'm to too late. Too late for all that. You sneaky guy, you. <laughs> I beg your pardon. Hey, listen, let's let's bring Princess Diana on the phone so she can get us all straight because she has a tendency to straighten us all out at the beginning of the broadcast. Princess Diana, welcome to the broadcast from Glendale. Hey, how you doing? How you doing? You know, I think that Craig really needs a formal introduction. Formal, yeah, really, huh? Yes. Well, no, we'd rather give it to you. Um, I... I have a question tonight, but first I want to thank you guys for, for just being there. It's a comforting lifeline for me every Sunday night. I look forward to it. And and my question is, in Job chapter 1, where Satan and the angels are are presented to God, and, and, and God is communicating with Satan, well, with God being so holy and all, and, and not being able to tolerate sin, it just, I don't know, I know it's happening, but I'm saying, how does it happen that he's interacting with Satan? Uh, Diana, if I can understand you correctly, it sounds like, and correct me if I'm wrong, it sounds like you're saying, why would he be dealing with the devil? <laughs> it's almost like I hear that. Well, but, no, not why, but how, because he can't tolerate sin. Well, here, let me ask you this, Diana. Jesus is God, right? Yes. He came to this earth, right? Yes. Okay. He tolerated a lot of sin. Us. Us. <laughs> Us for sure. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Well, I, I thought of that. But um, is that my answer? No, no, no. 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 We want to make sure we I get we get your. Is that it? Thank you very much for your phone call. Nice no, call, I, did, I just, I just, I just brought that up for something to think about. Right, too. right, right. Yeah, you know, I did. I actually did think about that. But yeah, I'd like to hear a little bit more. Craig. On you, my brother. <laughs> Give us some more since you've been introduced properly. 
Yes. Yes. No thanks to you, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> Diana, good to hear from you. Yes. Good. So, wait, yeah, wait, this before is... Before you say something, wait, before you say anything, I want to introduce the great Professor, oh, oh, I was about to say, Daryl, man, as soon as you said the great, I thought you was talking about, uh, you know, my, my uh, golf and tennis exploits, but I guess not, but go ahead. Well, you're very kind, but I, I wouldn't have said it that way. I just had to chuckle. He, he mentioned me, but he never let me actually say hi. That's my only point, but, but you're very gracious. Hey, so this is a common misunderstanding we have, uh, many people have, is the idea somehow, when it, when it says, for example, God cannot look upon evil, Take James chapter 1. That's an idiomatic phrase. It doesn't mean that God doesn't know about it. Of course, he wouldn't be God if he didn't know about it. It doesn't mean he's not aware of it and doesn't even watch it and see it unfold in individual's life or even in the demonic or the devil's life. It means he never is condoning it. He never approves of it. But it's not that he doesn't know about it, and it's not that it can't enter his presence, because think of it kind of as Brian was saying, uh, Jesus came to earth, and it's a world filled with with sinners, but, but God's omnipresent, and God's presence even is ultimately in hell, just not in the sense of blessing it and, of, and, and his favor being there. But God sees and knows all, and he sees the most heinous actions, and, and in one sense, they're all in his presence, because God is omnipresent. So we can talk about, like, literally some sense of the devil coming into the throne room of God and God's literal presence, but but God's throne in another sense is the entire universe. He is everywhere present, everywhere sovereign, and his providential uh, authority, you know, rules. So he sees all, he knows all, and so it's not like, oh, I can't see that. He closes his eyes like in, you know, some movie, something you wouldn't want to see or hear. He, he knows and sees all, and he's just not condoning it. But he he will use... Uh, evil people to accomplish his will. Now, again, he doesn't, he's not complicit in their sin. Uh, think of Pharaoh. Pharaoh hardened his heart, and God still used Pharaoh to get done what he wanted to get done. And I think Luther probably said it best when Luther said, the devil is, is God's devil. God uses him. Ironically, the devil, the ultimate deceiver, liar, and user who uses people up and spits them out, and I believe even that's deceiving the demonic self, and even to originally follow him, let alone continue to. But the irony is God even uses, God uses him to get his will done. And so, so there's, as long as God allows it, and apparently it's still the case in one sense, we're told, remember, even later on in the New Testament, the devil goes to and fro, you know, seeking whom he may devour, but he goes back and forth in the presence of God. He is the what? Great accuser of the brethren. One of his main things is accusing us before God, in one sense, night and day. Well, how could he do that if he didn't have access to God and into God's presence? So again, he can go literally, indeed, because everywhere is in God's presence, but he could literally go, what we would refer to as the throne room of God, the, the actual throne or dominion of God, as described in the book of Hebrews, because God allows him to, and God interacts with him, never favorably, never condoning, but always aware of what he's up to. You know, just like in Psalm 139, also, uh, everyone, that the Lord um, 
dude, I think it's David talking here, talking about where can I uh, hide from you? Can the spirit, where can yeah. I get away from your spirit? If I go to heaven, you're there. If I go to the deepest parts of hell, you're there. Yes. Kind of paraphrasing it, but, you know, that's the point I think you're making. No, it's sense. exactly it, you know. And, yeah, and that's why God asks, and God often uses rhetorical questions. So think of when God says to Adam and Eve, Adam, where are you? I mean, mm-hmm. God's not like, really, I, I lost you. Where'd you go? Or <laughs> well, he says to the devil, oh, where, where have you been? He knows where he's been. And when he says, have you considered my righteous servant, Job? God knows fully well. He knows, he knows exactly who he is. He's got a dossier on him. He's got this big file on Job. Yeah. And he only serves you because you bless him and so on and so forth. So... So there is this, in one sense, I don't want to say constant, but let's say the word frequent interaction between the demonic realm, and specifically the devil, and God. Now, someday, he will be kicked out. Now, he was kicked out as far as authority. We see some stuff like that in Luke chapter 10, where Jesus says, I saw Satan fall from heaven as, uh, like, like, like lightning. So in one sense, he has already been kicked out of heaven, but he will ultimately be kicked out of heaven and not be allowed back in. And, and I believe the book of Revelation talks about that, and that's why the devil comes down to earth and says he's full of fury because he's been kicked out of heaven and he knows his time is short um so so there's multiple multiple facets of this but he does i would say frequently enter the presence of god and is primarily to accuse us yeah no well, well, that, that's an excellent explanation i really appreciated it it just made the whole thing completely clear i was having a conversation with somebody and i couldn't explain all this and you know diana this is something that and obviously, you know this, you know, you don't confuse that with God's nature, basically, because you'll get the question as well, you know, can God sin or can God do uh, certain things that are not in his nature? And so it's just a logical statement when someone says that. So, again, you know, people who make this re- these remarks or these questions, they'll also bring up that issue as well. And, Diane, I want to just personally thank you for your uh, grand introduction to the PCH. I never want him to feel like he has no friends here. I appreciate you very much. He's got one out here. There we go. Got one finished. <laughs> Princess Diana. God bless you, Diana. Thank you for your phone call. Thanks, Diana. It's just like Diana. Hey, Vicky, we're going to get to you and hang in there. Robert, we're going to get to you as well at 888-995-5552, 888-995-5552. You can call Eric right now. We have everything else. It's Bible Info Bookers, Facebook, email, tweet, or Messenger, Bible Info Bookers. But let's bring Lawrence up, guys, from the city of Compton, wonderful city of Compton. Lawrence from Compton, thanks for calling in brother god bless you god bless you thank you sir uh the question i put before them for the people of god is why is it that we do not see the manifestation of the power that's given us to us after the holy ghost has come upon us to have dominion over every creeping crawling everything upon the earth even satan and his his powers and the answer I come up with is that because we have not surrendered our all and resisted the enemy, then a kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. If you have one foot in and one foot out, if you're not 100% fit for the fight, then you shouldn't get in the fight because a house divided against itself will not stand. Understand, Lawrence. So what I'm saying is that. Go ahead, Lawrence. Yes, sir. No, appreciate so that I'm, question. I'm, I'm sorry. Go. I thought you were. The question is, why don't we see the power of God operating? 
Yes, okay. yes, yes. We don't see the power. We don't see the power operating as God wants us to see the power. Okay. Because okay. there's no limit in the power. There's no limit in the power of God. All right, let us, let us tackle but that question. Of, let us tackle that question if we'd be so kind, Lawrence. PCH Bryant. Oh, okay. Great, Craig. Uh, Great, Craig. I'm listening. PCH? Yeah. Uh-huh. Take a break, but uh, no, I, I would argue in one sense we do see the power of God in one sense because every every regeneration, every day that we grow in sanctification, that is the power of God. Now, some looking for signs and wonders in the sense of miracles, in the sense of healings, and, and so on and so forth, and but my first point is that the greatest miracle of all is our, our regeneration and people coming to Christ and then our growth in Christ. Uh, some would uh, say, and there's several facets to my answer on this, Lawrence, the second one would be that it, it's up to the sovereignty of God. I mean, some people seem to think they can pray for miracles and God has to do them. I don't have a problem that he can or does do them, but it's uh, it's according to him. Yeah. And so he may choose to supernaturally heal somebody or do otherwise, but it appears that for whatever reason, God predominantly prefers, or at least I should say, works through the supernatural, natural, the the ordinary, the everyday. We do see miracles in the Bible, but if you look at uh, all of human history, those miracles are relatively few and far between. We get it concentrated in the writing of God, particularly in the life of Jesus, because, of course, he's the Son of God, God the Son, and the miracles prove who he is and demonstrate his deity and power and authority. But then lastly, I would say, this is just my opinion, Lawrence, but, but you know, these points. But lastly, I would say, yeah, because the sin in the church, because so many Christians are so compromised. So many of us live nominal lives. We live, I'll use the word carnal. We live, uh, many Christians really still live for themselves. Their life still revolves around their three favorite subjects, me, myself, and I, and and their, their interest, and not that you know, we shouldn't be concerned about our health or things, but they're primarily consumed with material possessions and getting bigger, better cars, boats, other toys, houses, uh, and another cabin, a third, second, third house, what have you. None of these things, I think, are wrong per se, but it's that we are possessed by them rather than possessing them. I believe much of the Church is so compromised, we're so worldly, particularly in America, we're so, cosmikos is the Greek word for worldly, worldliness, and it means that we're dominated by the passions, by the desires of of the world system that is hostile to God. So I'm I'm always concerned about how do I look, look how are my clothes, my shoes, my belt, uh, my, my car, you know, my, some people can't even afford the cars they drive, and their houses are, are like literally lacking furniture inside of them, but they, they, they want to keep up the image like I gotta look like I'm I'm somebody, gotta wear a Rolex or have some fancy jewelry. And again, nothing wrong per se, but that we are dominated by these things. You know, we're gonna be going to to Nepal in a couple yeah. Uh, about a month here, and I, I just tell people, every time you go somewhere like that, it, it changes your whole perspective. You see, wow, we are really messed up. Here's people living on the edge, living really for the Lord, often in very dire, very meager, if not dire, meager um, means, and yet love God and have joy and are serving Him. And we have all this stuff, and we're never content, because these things can never satisfy. They, and so I believe, get back to your point, 
that, that why we don't see more of the manifestations of God's power in the church is because the church is so messed up. So many of our leaders have such a nominal prayer life, are so compromised, are watching pornography, are involved in all kinds of sins. And these things short-circuit the believer from God and then therefore short-circuit God's radical work in our lives. It's not that he cannot, but he he does not work, as it says in even the Psalms, my arm is not too short that I cannot reach you, my ear is not too heavy that I cannot hear you, your sins have separated you from me. And I believe there he's talking to believers, and I think that is a real important point that we have to be aware of as the Church of, of the Body of Christ today in America. That's my thoughts. And Lawrence, I'll just, Lawrence, I'll just add an additional thought before we go to other callers that I thought I, I thought I heard you saying I, I liked it if this is what you said uh, in a nutshell that we're just not sold out for God uh, the people of God as Craig we're talking about the church especially in America and Western states those that have stuff and that we're not a developing country or anything like that we are not sold out for God is what I thought I heard you say and if you did say that I'm definitely oh, yeah, in total yeah. agreement with that well yeah, to me sometimes it, it you know, you, you look at athletes, you look at people. Now, let, let me say something. Let me say something. Okay. Let me say something. Go ahead, Lawrence. Go ahead. Let me say something. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Let me, this is what I want to say to you. This is a real fight. This is a real battle. God is a, God has a real word. When he wants you to have dominion, he ain't sugarcoating nothing. It reminds me of when Moses was dealing with the, uh, with, with, the with, with, with Israel and the leaders when God said, go take the land, 10 of the leaders came back doubtful. They didn't believe God's word. Right. So it's on leadership. It's on leadership. Now, when I go to Micah 75, Micah 75, and, and, and the reason I'm, I'm bringing this up, the reason I'm bringing this up, because we have wasted so much time in generations <laughs> of time trying to get to the promised land, trying to get to where God acquires to be to meet this battle. And we have lost so many soldiers behind ignorance of the of, of the word, being ignorant because you haven't been taught. My people pass for the lack of knowledge. Right, right. It's time to come behind leadership. And I'm saying that to say only this, that when, 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 when you have leaders that don't prepare you for the battle, when you go into the military, being a military, born in the military, they train you. They fit you for the battle so you be fit for the fight. Right. And if you're not fit for the fight, then when you get home, you're still wrestling with the same thing. And what my brother said in his last quote was that the people, the church, is so entangled with the world and left down the standards there you go. that they're not fit for the fight. They're not fit for the fight. And when the fight comes, so many of us, we lose so many soldiers. We lose so many gotcha, people that really want to no, God. Hey, Lawrence, let me have Ryan make his final comment, but I thank you very much for your phone call because you're right on time with that, my brother. I appreciate your call. Brian? Right. You know, I agree with, with you know, pretty much what everyone has said. Uh, I, I also like to make up the point that um, we, we talk about, uh, I, I look at First John where it says, if we ask anything in his name, he hears us, uh, but it has to be accordance to his will. And, you know, it, it is correct insofar as, the way uh, especially Christians are in the United States compared to Christians who are hungry, who don't have all the nice things or have the availability of the nice things that get sucked in to having uh, these desires and wanting this and wanting that. But you have to look at, you know, we still 
have to look at what God's will is because, okay, let's let's take for an example uh, godly men who have followed Christ and who have done what he has asked them to do and who has fought the good fight. And I look at the apostles, okay? Now, what happened to them, okay? They were martyred. They were persecuted, okay? And so there will be things, bad things, and um, that will occur and happen to those people that are godly. Yes, they're the Christians that are not godly, that they, you know, they're into their own things and all that other kind of stuff. But there are Christians, too, that are doing the will of God, that are following the Lord, and are still being persecuted. Indeed. You know, one of the things I say uh, before I even bring up the subject matter, because Craig mentioned Nepal, and I want to kind of tie what Lawrence was saying into uh, the trip, and guys, prepare yourself to talk about it, because I I think it's a good segue into it. Uh, If I'm not mistaken correctly, if I'm mistaken correctly, if I'm not incorrect on this, that God chose the Levites, not because they were some, you know, the, the great brothers and all that type of stuff, but he chose the Levites because if I can use a jailhouse term, the Levites was not having a problem shanking or carrying out God's executed plan on dealing with some folks that was having a very uh, unbelieving time with God. And if I'm not mistaken, that's why God chose uh, the Levites and even so said it. I'm going to try to find the scriptures where it talks about why God chose the Levites over the other brothers to be his priests. And I'm saying that to segue into the, the, the trip, Craig, that you were mentioning about going to Nepal. And and I think that the, the places like Nepal, the places like the, the, the deep um, places where we don't have so much, where the people don't have so much, God shows up in these, if I can use the word, um, manifested ways and ways that we don't normally see day in and day out as far as miracles that may be quote-unquote necessary, not because of a sinful generation want to see signs and wonders, but because it's necessary that people are crying out because of the indeed persecution that they're going through. Now, how does that tie into what uh, this trip is about that uh, you guys are going to take? Once you guys talk to the people about it now, we're going to go back to the calls in a minute. So hang in there, Robert, Vicky, and everybody else that want to participate telephonically, call 888 Everything else is Bible Info Bookers. We're going to check the uh, Facebook page, emails, everything, while Craig and Brian is talking about this Nepal trip. But Bible Info Bookers to send us questions by uh, Internet, 888 telephonically. Call right now. Craig and Brian, please, let's talk about this trip. Well, thanks, Daryl. In fact, that's what I want to mention. The first thing is, of course, I've mentioned that I'm going and taking a number of folks with me. Uh, but the Brian's going. I'm, ex- I'm so glad and excited that Brian's going, our first trip internationally. And <laughs> why? Because what a great opportunity. Yes, I'm so is. glad he's going because Nepal is incredibly overrun by Hinduism. There's a five-year mandatory jail sentence, minimum. If you're caught prophetizing, it's five years in jail. And then they kick you out of the country. <laughs> and um, then they kick you out. <laughs> but, um, but, but, I mean, it's just really important. We're going to be visiting with a number of the phenomenal ministries like Love Justice International, who is a radically you know, staunch, strong Christian ministry that rescues particularly young girls, boys as well, but girls as young as five, six, seven years old being sold into slavery, sex slavery, particularly coming out of India, going into China. Uh, Nepal is the gateway, one of, one of the gateways, and a main one. And actually, Love Justice International, and my friend that works there with them, they have powers, policing powers to actually arrest human traffickers. And so we're going to be going and looking at 
at that and seen how they minister to these folks, how they literally get them out of slavery, sex trafficking, but also the gospel and how that's part and parcel of how, what they share with them. Visiting with our pastor, uh, pastor Krishna, um, a friend, who was one of the first guys we trained in our TOT training of trainers, one of the many guys who was uh, we paid his way and his room and board to come into India, along with guys from Bhutan, Myanmar, and elsewhere, uh, to train to train them to to, to you know, further equip them for ministry. So we'll be visiting with him, and I know we'll visit with a number of his folks and people, and their testimonies are just incredible. Uh, just quickly, one of them, for example, uh, her father was a famous uh, guru, Swami, and allegedly had healing powers, but he could not heal her. She had a terminal disease, was in the hospital basically dying, and some nurse said to her, well, you know, I've heard there's this God named Jesus. You might, he heals people. Mm-hmm. You might want to call on him. In other words, you've tried all these others, and your dad can't even help you. Why don't you call on Jesus? And she did, and she was healed, and she's been walking with the Lord ever since then. So... You see the depths of poverty, of depravity, uh, all kinds of stuff, and we'll be visiting with a number of ministries, encouraging them and helping them, training, and, and helping just Christians in America better understand what goes on in the world, what's kind of normative, if I could use that term, not normative in the sense of right, but normative, normative in the sense of what is occurring. So it, it, it's a radical trip. I've been there several times and to Nepal, and, uh, and I've just looking forward to the ministry opportunity. The Lord so far has opened the door, and I've got some great folks going with me, and I'm just so glad, including Brian. Brian's going, and I think just a great opportunity of ministry. So what we're asking for is people to remember remember us in prayer. It's a kind of a short trip uh, from August 12th through the 22nd, August 12th through the 22nd, just 10 days, and several of that is travel. Uh, but it's going to be action-packed. We're going to hit the ground running, and and so we really appreciate people's prayers, and also if they'd like like to support. If you'd like to support this, um, uh, for example, a young man we're taking, for example, Sam is going with us, and then Brian's going, and I want to raise their airfares, and of course we have lodging and travel ex- other travel expenses inside the country, but this is an opportunity for believers to be involved. They say, well, I can't go. Well, actually, you can by supporting us financially as you're able, and by... Um, uh, by uh, praying for us, you're doing that. And and also we take money, uh, personally and otherwise, money to support ministries, to support uh, orphanages and whatnot, and we always get receipts for everything and document all of that so everybody knows where the money goes that it was given is spent. always want accountability and to be very clear what people donate, how that money was used. So right now I want to raise support for Brian, his his flight, and, and of course, other other factors. So that's where we are. So minimally, if you can't give, well, the Lord bless you. But pray for us. Pray that God gives us an open door of effective ministry uh, that our go well, we don't get held up because of COVID, have to quarantine and lose most of our time in a hotel. Uh, pray that everything goes smoothly. You know, all kinds of things can and do inevitably go wrong traveling like this in ministry. But you can go with us. You can be with us through your prayers. And as you're able, financial contributions. And uh, Brian can tell you how you can do that, but you can if you're writing a check or whatever, you can say part of it goes to the normal radio program and the ministry, the website, and everything else, or you can give towards the trip to Nepal. You can earmark the percentage or what you want to go where, and that's where your funds will be used. And we always give documentation again. Uh, I've raised funds 
just my own fellowship in the past quite a bit of money and always come back with all the receipts and say and then give them out and say look here's the receipts some of them say oh no no, no we trust you and i said no 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 don't trust me uh or trust me but 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 verify, verify. <laughs> there we go. you want yeah you want documentation you should we should demand that of their leaders and that's not a slight i'm not offended by that i see that as a badge of honor that People are willing to trust me, but don't just trust me. You want the receipt. You want to help keep everybody accountable. And all the money you give goes to where we said it goes. And there's nothing like seeing a paper trail, a documentation. that You know that the funds go for what we say they're going for. So anyways, Brian, maybe you could tell folks how, how they can donate. Yeah, definitely, Craig. Thank you so much for that. And, you know, I... Just a side point, I'm, I'm really looking forward to going uh, to the trip. Uh, you know, you hear a lot about what's going on in third world nations. And, you know, sometimes, you know, you don't always have to see it, but uh, it, it does uh, make a difference sometimes when you actually do see it. And I think the Lord, well, I know the Lord had been tugging on me to uh, go on one of the trips with Professor Hawkins and the uh, Todd team. And I'm really looking forward. And again, as Craig was saying, uh, you know, pray for the uh, pray for our trip. Pray for um, everything that has to do with this trip, and any financial donations you can give definitely would help out for um, for this uh, trip coming up in August. Now, here are the ways you can give. You can go right to the website and go to BibleInfoBrokers.com. BibleInfoBrokers.com. Click on the link. It says support, donate, and you can get right online uh, through with your credit card. There's a place for notations there, like uh, Craig was saying. If you want all your donations, go to the radio ministry. Just don't have to do anything. Uh, but if you want part of it to go towards the trip, uh, you can do it. Just put a note there saying, hey, I want this percentage to go towards the trip, this percentage to go to the uh, radio ministry. Uh, same thing if you want to mail in your donation. Um, just uh, uh, make your check or um, cash your check or money order out to uh, Living by the Word, Living by the Word. And you can mail it to P.O. Box 90477. P.O. Box 90477, Los Angeles, California, 90009. And with that donation, mark on there how you want your donation split up. Very simple, very easy to do. As always, uh, we thank you for your donations, and we thank you for your prayers. You know, the prayers are just as important as the donations. And uh, definitely want to thank those that do that, and I want to thank those in advance that will be doing that. So, again, that's the way they can give, Daryl. Great. Gentlemen, we really appreciate that. Ladies and gentlemen, please, and don't forget the, some of the other creative ways. Real quickly, if you have those credit cards that have all those points that can be translated, just simply contact your credit card company and how you can translate those things to dollars and send it to a Living by the Word Ministries and then designate it that way. Um, airfare and all that type of stuff. Some, some of those things can be translated into points from points to money. So check with your, uh, your airlines. If you need any help with that, I'm pretty good at finding out those things and letting you know information. So simply send us an email um, that you were interested in. How can I translate all these millions of points? I have hundreds of thousands of points into um, uh, money 
then I can show you how to do that and designate it towards the trip or even the various ministries that you support, in particular this ministry here, and also the trip to Nepal that the gentleman is going to be taking. So it's very exciting to be able to participate in that, guys. That participation will be uh, definitely noted by God. Like we're talking about God knows everything. He's omniscient. He's omnipotent. He's omnipresent. Well, guess what? You will be able to join in with the guys going vicariously through them by supporting, and we really appreciate that in advance. Well, we're going to get back to these phone calls, guys, and a uh, Facebook question. Johnny, we see your question on Facebook. I'll get to that in a little while. Uh, we'll talk about um, all the various questions that you may have. But call Eric right now. He have a few open lines at 888-995-5552. 888 is the number. Or everything else is Bible Info Brokers. Like I mentioned before, Facebook. Don't forget to share that you're listening to the broadcast. Let those thousands of people on your friendship or your contact list know that you're listening so that we can get more listeners and more people can learn about the Word of God through this question and answer format. Guys, we're going to go back to um, the telephone and talk with Robert from SFV, San Fernando Valley. Robert, thanks for holding on and calling in. Well, good evening, gentlemen. Uh, I lost you last week on that Matelzadek question. I guess your phones went down. But I uh, wanted to second what that appeal for what you guys are doing, that trip to uh, Nepal is just phenomenal, the work. And, you know, the last thing we need is anybody to be risking five years in jail and having financial stress at the same time. Do you have a goal of the money you need, uh, Professor Hawkins? The amount well, Yes and no. I mean, we the, the airfare for Brian is about fifteen hundred dollars. That was the cheapest we could find at this time. Trust me. By the way, he's imports. Brian's a pretty good guy. <laughs> and he's, gonna, he's flying economy. And one of the flights is sixteen hours. And I told him, he's like, you know, five, six, seven, eight hours is nothing to me flying. But man, after about twelve, you start getting stir crazy. But Rookies. anyways, well, for you, like he did, twenty grand or so, or for the whole trip. No, 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 no. We we no. Um, uh, you know, let me just say this. Um, so Brian's about fifteen hundred. The other individual Sam. Is paying mm-hmm. his fare is Sam's is fifteen hundred, and then there's we rent a van to get around because we'll have multiple people, more people with us, and then food and lodging. But food and lodging is really pretty cheap over there. So, I mean, look, I'll just I I, I mean, a low five thousand dollars would be phenomenal. And 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 anything over that that we get will go towards. Uh, I'm going to take pictures. It's a little easier to do it in, in Nepal than India, but we have to be careful because we've literally, and, and this is no hype, not only have I been detained and brought in by the authorities and for what I'm doing, but literally, but they've actually seen our websites and um, uh, Facebook posts and went, started to legally go after some of my colleagues, so we learned we had to be yeah, careful and post yeah. and stuff. But I'll just say that all, Robert, because we will post what we can, but we always give receipts. But anyways, uh, after the, the, the paying for the flights for Brian and Sam and, and for some of the lodging, uh, the rest of the money will go towards Pastor Krishna. I'm only going to give his first name uh, because of him could be arrested and put in jail yeah. for five years. Minimum. That's not. That's the starting sentence. That's not the max. Yeah, that is yeah, automatic yeah. It's five years. But well, at any I, rate, then the money I we give is sent. I haven't been to Nepal, but I've been to India three times, uh, and yeah, I know Modi's India. really cracking down on Christians oh, in yes, India. Yes, the Iris, the Iris party. Uh, I've been there 
I'm not quite a dozen times yet, but, but I'm pushing it 12 times being to in India and training there. And, oh, yeah, they've detained me. They've, uh, they have the, their organizations kind of like their internal um, security phone, like their homeland security. They followed me. I, I, no hype. I mean, I, one place I went to, to get into India, you just need a visa. But then to get in some states, you have to have special permission. And I got in, and then they still want to interview me when I come in, when I go out. But then they called me in. But one trip with one of my colleagues, uh, not Krishna, but Ranjit, uh, we uh, basically changed our itinerary once we got in his state because my flight got in earlier until we started moving. This is when we were going into the border and going into Myanmar you know, Burma, uh, on this right off on the border of the state next to India. And they called my friend up the next day and they said, uh, so where is he? Well, gee, they go, where is he? And he goes, what do you mean? Where is he? Where's who? And he goes, Hawkins, where is he? You're supposed to be here. According to your mm -hmm. itinerary, yeah, yeah. we're going to be at your wow. place. We're at your place and he's not here. So, I mean, and then I won't, I'll spare you the, about how they brought me in and, and basically interrogated me and well, all that I stuff. Agree. And, but, but you know, so you know, so what's going on? So Modi, yes, he's cracked down. He's, he's a staunch Hindu, the Aris party. And they are, I know, have friends and talk about their churches being, they know, uh, being burned, burned down, Christians being persecuted. Uh, you look at um, uh, open doors, and they give a ranking of the, the, the most uh, nations that violate human rights, Christian rights the most, and India's in the top ten. So any rate, but, but so the funds, any additional funds over and above well, you guys, some of the basic expenses, we, we, give, we leave with Krishna and, and the poor and others and, and orphanages. We've made a big point of supporting orphanages because, as you know, let me just say this, Robert, sorry, I'm talking long here, but because of the doctrine of reincarnation and transmigration and, and all that, there is the view that these kids deserve their plight. Mm. They deserve not to have parents. And so if it wasn't for the Christian Christian orphanages, which are always ministries of Christians, you know, uh, run by pastors and other Christian leaders, these kids would be would be would, would starve to death. They would literally be left to fend for themselves on the streets. Of, in this case, of Cal uh, not Calcutta, but uh, Kathmandu, because of the radical Hinduism. So Christ is the lifeline, and and that's just the beauty of this. And again, it's depressing on one hand going to these places, yet it's also invigorating because you see yes. the power of God at work and people who live in incredibly dire circumstances yet who love God yeah and you see you see the it's transformation so humbling isn't it people yeah oh it is yeah I, I always feel like yeah, I mean, talk about, yeah. you know Americans that think they know poor they don't yeah. know poor you know yeah. poor when you go to that part of the world like have you been to Mumbai I guess Delhi or you never forget that smell the rest of your life flying into the city yeah, Calcutta, Calcutta is just horrific. Oh. You go these, and you 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 drive on road. You go by miles and miles and miles of shanties. We're not talking, you know, poor housing. We're talking like cardboard huts and 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 if they can get it, some uh, tin, you know, used or whatever. And you see kids playing next to the street, and cars are whizzing by at fifty, sixty, seventy miles an hour, and each just the. The lack of value of life, and it is you, you realize how what well, we have the, what we call first world problems. I'm worried about you know my 
my new car or whatever, and they're like, I'm, one of the gals will meet, and she pulls a cart around. Both her husband and her two sons died, and, and she's well, destitute. And professor, she makes a living. sell their children's body parts on the black market yeah. for mm-hmm. food. Yeah, this is a fact. Well, Most Americans Mumbai, are so unaware of what's going on. Yeah, in Mumbai, people can check this out. This is a secular organization. It's called Rescue.net, Rescue.net in Mumbai. And they document how, for example, it's a Hindu doctrine that the, if you have four daughters, you can sell the fourth one off. Nobody expects you to have keep her because you can't afford her. You can sell her, and she gets sold into sex tra- trafficking. And, and that's rampant in Mumbai as well as other places. But, yeah, Rescue.net, that's not a Christian organization, but they are a humanitarian organization that attempts to help these little girls. And you get a, a picture of that, how, how really how radical it is. And that you're, I'm sorry, but you brought this up, Robert, and it's so important. Thank you. No, you guys bringing stuff up making me flashback. Well, let me get to my question. Yeah, go ahead, Rob. Go ahead. Uh, my question, uh, my question was, um, uh, there's so much disagreement on this from different people I talk to, so I, I always go to the experts, you guys, when I have something that I just can't figure out. So uh, I guess there's only one or two unforgivable sins, according to uh, blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. And But then Jesus, in red letter below that, says, if you harm one of my little ones, you'd be better off in the middle of the ocean with a millstone around your neck, uh, which I guess is aimed at pedophiles. Uh, directly from Jesus himself. But then I heard John MacArthur, and I, I use his study Bible. I think it's the best one I've seen. But, you know, I, everybody has a different one they use. Then I heard him say, no, that's not what he's referring to. And I just wanted to get the professor's uh, take on that. And then the next thing I have is, you know, um, I told you guys, I'm still on milk. Uh, I didn't become a Christian until about 14 years ago. And I'm an old guy now. And he became a Christian because one of Rick Warren's uh, flock, a young girl at Starbucks, started witnessing to me one day. In fact, she witnessed to me so much that her supervisor came out twice and told her she needed to go back and go to work, but she already had the hook in my mouth, so she wasn't giving up. And then uh, two days after that, um, I, I don't watch TV except for the news. I never have. Uh, I'll watch 10 minutes of the news to catch up on the world, so I'm not dumb in the morning. Somebody asked me something. Uh, two days after that, for some reason, at 3 o'clock in the morning, I woke up, and someone told me, turn on the TV. Turn on, I turned on the TV, and there's this guy's face. So I turned up the volume, and the first thing out of his mouth was, turn around, you're going the wrong way. You turn around, you're going the wrong way. And it was Pastor Charles Stanley. <laughs> and I've been hearing a lot of people attacking Rick Warren this week one of the great Christian leaders of our country. And I don't know him from Adam. And I just know his one flock member that, you know, as far as I'm concerned, brought a man to Christ because she recognized she had a hook in her mouth and did what she was trained to do, witness. And I guess he's getting a lot of heat for ordaining three women as pastors uh, mm-hmm. and then addressing the Southern Baptist Convention, which, as we all know, is going through a huge sex scandal, only second to the Vatican's. And uh, what's the attacks on Rick Warren about? That was, so my first question was on the unforgivable sins, if that's true, if that's what Jesus is talking about. And the second question, if you know what's going on with Rick Warren, because I think uh, the Christian community doesn't need to be attacking such a great man. I think he's trained as many pastors as anyone living, from what I've heard. Well, sure, we can talk so about that. And I'll take the, I'll take the, 
by the way, good luck on your trip. You guys stay healthy. And I, th- I thought one of you was going to India. Maybe I was mistaken. No, I'll be, I'll be, going, I'll be coming back doctor. from. I'll be coming back from India when those guys are going yeah. out there. I'll be coming back. Yeah, and then I'm going to not. Well, God bless you guys, and and listen, keep up the good work, and uh, just stay safe. And I'm a poor writer, as I told you, but I'll give what I can. And but I was thinking, I, I want to put out some flyers that uh, I, I know a lot of people in the entertainment business are Christians. Well, uh, appreciate you know, your prayers. That I know. Hey, before you, yeah, before I, you go, we though, need to get you the money because things come up. Yeah, but, but God bless. I'll take your answers off yeah. the air. Okay, Mike, hold on. Mike, hold on one second. Robert, one second before you go. I think the professor want to address yeah, one thing. You, you said he, MacArthur said no, it's not that. What was the, he said? It was no, it's not that. What was the that that it's not? I know well, we're talking I about Rocky Okay, but that was the question to him, uh, and he was reading the question. Okay, exactly. That the way I've taken it, for most people I've talked to, not not people like of your caliber of expertise, but they all say, "No, Jesus is talking about directly. If you harm one of my children, he's talking about pedophiles, and mm-hmm. he's saying I've got a special special hell for you." That's the way I've heard it always, and it always is fourteen years for me. But mm-hmm. MacArthur said, no, that's not what he was talking about. So I, I want to, because I, I had an okay. argument with a couple of friends the other morning over this. So, okay. yeah, so but anyway, we'll I'll take your answer that. off the air. Thank, Thank you. you, Robert. Thanks, Appreciate Robert. you, man. Yeah. Gentlemen, go ahead. Well, well, first of all, I'm going to just go with the unpardonable sin because, I mean, that, that question comes, it's been coming up a lot lately. Um, but basically, that unforgivable, unforgivable sin is rejecting Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior in your life. Okay. Uh, because when you do that, uh, you're lost for eternity. And so, uh, Christian, if you are a Christian, you cannot commit the, uh, unforgivable, uh, unforgivable sin. It's just impossible because you have accepted Christ as Lord and Savior in your life. Okay. And, uh, the sins that you do commit, you will be forgiven for them if you truly repent of your sins. So on that note, um, the unforgivable sin again are those that reject Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Great. Yes, so a couple things here. So, yeah, there are different views, but I'm with Brian. Our view is that the unpardonable sin is is ultimately rejecting Jesus Christ. You harden your heart towards the Holy Spirit who convicts us, as John says, of sin, righteousness, and judgment. You reject the only, if you reject the only way of forgiveness, which is through Jesus, then there is no other antidote, there is no cure, because you've rejected the only cure. Just like if there's only one antidote to a disease you'd have, you know, physically in human life, that you're not going to, you can't be saved because you reject the only way, the only medication. So, so that would be one issue, and we'd say there's many manifestations of it, I and mean, there's many ways it manifests itself, but the core sin is rejection of forgiveness itself, hardening your heart towards Jesus because you've hardened your heart against the wooing, the conviction of the Holy Spirit, and therefore it's unpardonable because you've rejected the only way you can be pardoned, which is forgiveness through Jesus Christ. So that would be our view on that. Now, when it comes to this passage... The issue of uh, that he causes one of these little ones to stumble, and Jesus actually had little children with him. It'd be better for them to not been born or to have a millstone 
and, you know, put around their neck and cast into the deep as part of the sea. But I would argue even that is not an unforgivable sin. It's a heinous, it's a horrible sin. Indeed, it would be better not to have been born or to, to do that. But you can't be forgiven, but it's got to be totally repented of. And repentance, there is forgiveness, but it's still, I believe there are degrees of sin. Jesus talks about greater sins and, and lesser. All sin is sin. All sin sends you to hell. But some sins are worse than others, and some sins deserve immediate uh, punishment and 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 you know sexually abusing a child is to me is one of those. But probably what you heard MacArthur say, who I have great respect for, um, you probably heard him say that it's talking about spiritually stumbling such a one. I wouldn't be surprised if that's what he said. Yeah. It's not so much being a pedophile, but it's causing a little one, whether literally a child, but it often is a child, or it even an adult who's a child in their belief, they're young in the faith, causing them to stumble. But I would actually argue both are legitimate uh, interpretations. I think it applies to the physical context of abusing a child, and I can think of, I think of no greater heinous, wicked action than sexually abusing uh, a child, uh, you know, and then many, many others, uh, rape and, and, and across the board. And, and, of course, the human trafficking we're talking about it is so blatant in so much of the world, but it's here in America as well. But particularly in Asia, Southeast Asia, just rampant as a lifestyle. Um, so I think it's referring to that, and I think it's also referring to the spiritual stumbling of a little one, so whether it's a literal child who's, of course, also young in their faith because they're young, period, but also a young believer, someone who causes them to stumble, who puts doubts in their minds, who denigrates Jesus Christ, who who just does this just to mess them up. And I've met people like this. I've had um, debates, dialogues, discussions with people like this. Yes, for that person, it had been better that they were never born, that they have a millstone and cast around their neck. The worst part of hell is reserved for them uh, who do such things. There are some things that are so heinous, so wicked, as Paul says, it's a shame even to talk about these things, but we must. We must bring them to light, just like the abuse of women, and, and, and that's horrific. Um, but again, uh, and literally in Asia, such as Cambodia, Phnom Penh, a place called Saipak, uh, then to Thailand, Vietnam, other places, sexual abuse is rampant, and it is, it is horrific sin. And for those who do not repent, oh, I believe that the worst part of hell is reserved for them. Yes, degrees of so reward. I'm sorry, guys. The degrees of reward, the degrees of punishment, I don't think, like I said, it's going to be on those various degrees, and God is going to be a righteous judge, so no one's going to be able to argue their case and be right or no appeal and those type of things. And I think that even another judgment along the same area is going to be how we deal with it for those that would do such a thing and are still alive, and we have an opportunity through our various systems to adjudicate it and how we deal with it and how we don't well, deal with it. And, and you know, I, I, I do want to say for listeners out there that maybe they're thinking that they have been and have done heinous things or something very evil and something very wrong and that God can't forgive them that they, or they can't be forgiven. That's what we're not saying. That's what we're not saying. Mm-hmm. We are saying if that. If you repent. If you and repent. And we're going to be dealing with that on the other side. We have about three minutes left. Well, guys. It, and, let and, me just say that. No, go ahead. You didn't say this. I'll give you another story. One of my colleagues started several several orphanages, a number of them, in the Philippines and in Cambodia and otherwise, 
He also worked for one of the alphabet government organizations. I'll leave it at that. Mm -hmm. And one of the doctors they dealt with was from America, went over there, and he was abusing little boys, this pedophile. And the reason the police let him go, they knew what they was doing because he was performing abortions. And since abortions were illegal and would be in trouble, but he was willing to do them, these high-powered individuals, politicians and military brass, were letting him get away with abusing and even, it appears, actually killing literally young boys in these sexual activities. And so some of the stuff we talked about is pretty heinous. Uh, I've got some stories I can't share because they're just, that's pretty bad, the one I just gave. But this is when we do this stuff, and I also teach at a law school, and we take over future attorneys and others who help as well to give these ministries the legal clout they need to deal with governments that often turn a blind eye to this type of radical sexual abuse. Indeed, indeed. Brian, we have about 90 seconds before the break, so you want to say anything real quickly? Yeah, I, I, I was going to say that, you know, I, I bring this up all the time, and getting back to my original point, is that there was a thief on the cross uh, that was was being crucified, and apparently uh, he was up there for something pretty bad, because if he didn't, uh, if it wasn't bad, he wouldn't be up on that cross. But you know what? The Lord, he, he repented and asked the Lord Keyword. to forgive him. And the Lord told him, today you will be with me in paradise. So, again, it's, you know, whatever it is, just, re- just remember that if you repent and you're not a believer, come to Christ. Because Jesus Christ will forgive you of your sins, no matter what it was, if you're truly, truly repentant of that sin. And we're going to talk about that more uh, succinctly on the other side of the break. Matter of fact, the top of our break. So, folks, get yourself a cup of coffee, whatever you need to do to stay wide awake. We have more information to talk about, especially on that subject matter. And Vicki, hang in there. Mike, we're going to get to you. And also, we're going to take care of the questions on Facebook. So, if you're inclined, call us right now at 888 Our main guy, Eric. Eric is the main guy that will get you on this broadcast. 888-995-5552. Every other format is Bible Info Brokers. Facebook, please send us your questions. Email us your questions. Tweet us your questions or message us your questions at Bible Info Brokers. Bible Info Brokers. Let's take a break. Be back after these messages. (laughs) 